Hey, graphic audio fans. This is Dwayne Beeman here with this week's Pick of the Week. My pick this week is one of the newest Western titles that Graphic Audio has produced in the last few weeks. Frank Leslie's Cote of Ferro No. 1, The Guns of Saponero. After spending the previous night making love to his girlfriend, Mariana, 16-year-old Cote Ferro hears a wagon approaching the ranch he lives at. When Coulter walks up to the wagon, he discovers his adopted father, Trace Cassidy, dead. His body nailed to the wagon and picked over by crows. Man, what a way to go out. On the request of Trace's wife, Coulter leaves after Trace's funeral towards Saponero, the place where Trace had gone to get supplies, and the place he was more likely murdered at. Arriving in Saponero, Coulter gets a job working in a livery barn while secretly trying to find out details that could lead him to Trace's killer or killers. He does learn who the killers are, but Coulter also finds out some secrets about Trace that are pretty damning. Can Coulter bring justice to the Cassidy family while dealing with emotions he is feeling about Trace's newly found secrets? You're gonna have to get the book to find out. Peter Branvold, under the pen name of Frank Leslie, returns to Graphic Audio with a new series to complement his previous series, Yakima Henry. Michael John Casey directs this latest Western title, and he gets an assist in sound design by Western designer extraordinaire Johan Detweiler. MJ takes on the lead role of Coulter and is backed up by performances from the Graphic Audio bullpen, led by James Konachek, David Jordan, and Colleen Delaney. I have read the book and listened to our Graphic Audio adaptation, and I would say we did the story justice. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Go and grab the Guns of Saponero today. Let's listen to a clip of Graphic Audio's production of Cult of Pharaoh Number 1, The Guns of Saponero. Not by any conscious design, Coulter headed back north. He didn't know where he was going or what he was going to do when he got there. The mission that Ruth had sent him on now seemed poignantly pointless. In fact, nothing at all seemed to make sense anymore. He rode blindly, his thoughts murky, and his side and his torn ear aching. The brush and rocks rolling down from the ridges around him, the low puffy clouds and the cobalt sky, all seemed part of the same hokum, a meaningless gathering of random objects, a dream dreamed by a long dead god. He was so lost in despair and wondering what story he was going to make up to tell Ruth that he didn't see the five horseback riders angling down a sloping cedar-stippled ridge toward him until they were a hundred yards away. No, not five riders. Six riders on five horses. Two of the rough-garbed, unshaven, heavily-armed men were riding double on a beefy sorrel. They were trotting directly toward Coulter, one ominously sliding his rifle from his saddle boot. It wasn't hard to decipher their intentions. They'd obviously ridden a long way, hard, probably up from Taos, with a posse dusting their trail, and they needed another horse. Coulter's pulse beat a war rhythm in his ears, and the hammering of his heart made his wound bark. He reined the dun off the trail and spurred it hard. Coulter put the dun up a long, gradually shelving bluff on the west side of the trail, hearing beneath the frenetic thumps of his own mount's hooves those of his savage pursuers. They'd kill Coulter and take his horse as easily as shooting a coyote off a fresh calf carcass. 
The young drover cursed his stupidity. Licking his wounds when he should have been scouting his own trail was a good way to get himself killed and tossed in a gully. As he closed on the bluff's crest, he glanced behind. Two of the riders were peeling away from the other two, or three, counting the doubled up sorrel, and it wasn't hard to figure out their intent here either. The two would swing around Coulter, hoping to cut him off on the other side of the bluff, while the other three continued fogging him up to the bluff's crest. Damn it! Fear gelled low in his belly, and as he crested the bluff, he saw the two cutthroats racing around the base of the bluff in the northeast. They'd already cut him off. Well, at least he had the high ground. Trace had always told him that high ground in a fight was as good as draw speed or having the best weapon. Coulter shucked his old Henry from the saddle boot and leapt off the dun's back, hitting the ground on one foot, then the other, and falling from the force of the dun's momentum. Northwest half turned toward him. Then the horse swung its head around, reins whipping, and lunged off across the broad, flat-topped bluff, buck-kicking its fear. As Coulter rolled, desperately clutching the Henry in his left hand, Gunfire cracked, bullets kicked up dust and sage branches around him. Rock shards bit into his face and eyes, instantly making them water. Brushing his gloved hand across his cheek, he rolled up against a low rock, racked a shell into the Henry's breech, and aimed at the three riders bounding toward him 40 yards away and closing. The single rider was on the right and slightly ahead of the two riding double on the sorrel. The one riding in front jerked a big pistol out in front of him, lowering his head slightly and slitting one eye beneath his broad, slightly troughed hat brim. The big dragoon fired. The bullet screamed past his right cheek. Flinching slightly, Coulter planted the Henry's sights on the shooter's chest between his bending, buckled suspenders and squeezed the trigger. The 44 slug slammed through his breastbone and punched him back against the man riding behind him. Damn it! Then they both rolled off the lunging Sorrel's right hip. The man behind the first hit the ground and rolled in a cloud of dust, snapping sage and rabbit brush. The hardshot shooter got his boot caught in a stirrup and as his upper back and head slammed against the ground was whipped forward, his lifeless body bouncing and flopping as the Sorrel continued toward Coulter, dust rising. Before the horse reached Coulter, it swerved sharply left. The dead rider swung far out from the horse's side, throwing up sand and gravel over Coulter's head and shoulders. <laughs> then, boot and spur firmly wedged in the stirrup, the dead rider and the sorrel careened off across the bluff as though following Coulter's own coyote done. The single rider had drawn his buckskin mare to a skidding halt when his two cohorts had been blown out of their saddle by Coulter's Henry. Holding his buckskin's reins taut in one hand, he raised his sharps carbine, propping the barrel on a forearm. The carbine exploded. The bullet hammered into the ground where Coulter would have been if the young drover hadn't flung himself to the right and rolled. Pushing up on an elbow, Coulter quickly pressed the Henry's brass butt plate against his shoulder and fired three rounds. Until through his own wafting powder smoke, he watched his attacker throw his carbine straight up over his head and tumble back over his mare's stiff tail. The mare lunged forward and swerved sharply right, galloping eastward while shaking her head. Hearing hooves pounding behind him, he turned to see the other two riders lunging up the backside of the bluff. Smoke puffed around the pistol of the second man, while the man in the lead, a tall, gaunt-faced outlaw with stringy black hair hanging below his shoulders, extended a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun in his right hand like a pistol and closed one eye to aim down the broad twin bores at Coulter. Coulter froze as he opened the Henry's breech to eject the smoking cartridge. 
The black-haired gent had him dead to rights. If you enjoyed listening to the clip of Coltafero number one, The Guns of Sapernero, you can purchase this title right here on our website, www.graphicaudio.net. The book can be purchased in all available download formats, MP3, M4B, and FLAC. You can also grab it in audio CD format. And you can listen to your downloads anytime, anywhere with our free Graphic Audio Access app, available for Apple and Android devices. Be back next week as I'll have another pick of the week for you. Until then, peace. Thank you.